Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 266 with our review of 12 Years a Slave. I'm Christopher Schnazy. I'm Carson Patrick. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week in the show, Carson Patrick and I are going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest films coming to a theater near you. This week, we are reviewing 12 Years a Slave. Uh, Carson, you know, random subject. Uh, I hate movies that have numbers in the title because Uh like first of all i'm walking up to the window and i'm saying like one and then i'm saying for the movie so like when i say one for 12 years a slave it's always like i don't know like i i'm i wonder if the person's like hearing all the numbers and they're like wait how many what am i what movie i don't know it's random side thing it just it just bothers me where like the numbers at the beginning of the title of the film because it makes ordering the ticket difficult Mm. I don't know, does that, that not bother this sounds, you? This sounds like a white person problem. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it's just weird. Also, like, I, I have a tendency to like to say the full name of the title. So, like, when people, some people are, like, walking up ordering tickets for, like, 12 years A, or, or you know, or just, like, <laughs> Thor 2, please. Like, I want to be like, oh, can I have a ticket for Thor The Dark World? But then, like, if I say too many words, then the person at the window gets confused. So I had to, like, figure out how I can reduce it without not acknowledging the full title of the film. I don't know. I, I just have problems with, like, film names in general and then talking. <laughs> so I don't know. Yes, this is, a, this is a dilemma that has stricken many people in the United States. <laughs> Going all the way back to the uh, Civil War era <laughs> in our country. Yes. Yes. A time of horrible times yeah. in history. Yes. Um, obviously, <laughs> you don't have those problems that I have. <laughs> Uh, no, I never thought of, uh, of, uh, thinking that someone would think there'd be too many numbers if I said one for 12. I guess if you just said one for 12, they'd be like, what? Yeah. Hmm. But yeah. I don't I, know. I, I just don't like having to repeat myself. And, like, when I say something clean and perfect the first time, but then, like, somebody doesn't catch it and I have to say it again, and then I'm like, oh, well, I just freaking said this correctly and now i'm gonna stutter it the second time i just i have problems speaking which i know is a a great uh a great ability for a podcaster to have but uh yeah well i'm just dumb so i just can't really function like a normal person <laughs> you order ihop menu style you just kind of point to the movie you want to see <laughs> you go, ah, one one ticket one for free birds what i mean 12 years a slave which are basically the same movie, right? Say, uh, yeah, I mean, duh, it's about Thanksgiving. Except in twelve, in, in twelve years of slave, nobody eats the black people. No. <laughs> uh, now that's a different movie. Yes, twelve years of cannibal. Mm, that that's a movie I'd watch. <laughs> of course, it would. <laughs> you would. Anyways, yeah, I'm I, I'm sorry, I'm. I started this episode off terribly, um, but yeah, why don't you talk, Carson? Uh, well, we're here to talk about 12 Years a Slave, which is yeah, it, uh, a film that's out now. Finally, and, uh, after a long-ass time. like People have been talking about this film for forever, and I was, I was convinced that it just wasn't going to come out near me at all. No, they're going to enslave you from seeing the movie. Yeah, like I, I was just a person freely able to walk around and see movies whenever I want, but then they like <laughs> kidnapped this movie and removed it from theaters in my area, and uh, yes. I've just wait been waiting for Brad Pitt to send a letter <laughs> <laughs> to get this movie to be released in our area. So bad. Brown and Hamilton were uh, they were stockpiling all the thirty five millimeter prints of this uh, film. No, I, I don't. I don't mean to make light of this film at all because um, it's obviously not a a light film at all. Uh, no, 
if the woman sitting next to me in my row was an indication, it's the exact <laughs> opposite of a light film. Uh, she was not, uh, I would just say she was vocally upset about the things she was seeing on screen. And, and, and you know, rightfully so. I, yeah, I but it know. sounds like she was overdoing it, let's be honest. Oh, she was overdoing it a lot. It was like, you know, like when you watch oldie time movies and like a hoity-toity a uh, rich white woman is upset about something. She says, I have never. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, it was basically one of those uh, like very... for the entire two hours and 15 minutes or whatever this film goes and for. It's always like the older crowd. Like I went and saw this movie with uh, Mads Mikkelsen called The Hunt where okay. he, he plays a teacher uh, who gets accused, uh, wrongfully accused of uh, being a pedophile. Uh, every, every teacher's worst nightmare. Yeah. And... Um, so the whole movie, there's this, like, older couple sitting behind us and, like, any kind of, like, uh, thing that happened, like, describing maybe certain acts or whatever, they just were like, oh, oh, God. Oh, yeah. God. It's like, but what movie did you think you were going to see? Like, you obviously knew what it was about beforehand, unless they yeah, just yeah. went in thinking, oh, this is about a hunter. It's like... <laughs> Possibly. Or they thought it was, like, a teacher trying to date Helen Hunt. <laughs> I... I I don't think they knew what they were in for, but, uh, yeah, like, the whole movie, it was like, really, guys? Like, give it a rest. Like, I, I mean, like, after a while, you think, like, okay, well, this is how the movie's going to be, so I shouldn't be surprised when more stuff like that happens, you know? Yeah, yeah. There, I mean, there is definitely a point in which you you realize, like, even if you're unprepared or ill-prepared for uh, what you are about to see, like, there's a point where you realize what it is and... You should be able to settle yourself. And, yeah, if you have to close your eyes, plug your ears, not pay attention, uh, that's fine. But to do, like, the, oh, 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 yeah. oh, 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 oh. Because, I mean, we we know what's happening because we're watching the movie, obviously. It's yeah. like, uh, you know, anyone with a, you know, a brain cell in their mind knows that this movie is obviously, uh, you know, a tough watch. It's not... Uh, material that is light yeah so going into it thinking this is gonna be you know sort of the lifetime version of slavery it's like no <laughs> yeah exactly so, <laughs> I, I just it i don't know it's just I, there was a lady like that when i saw flight too where she just like anytime denzel kept drinking she was like oh, oh. yeah it's like, but he's a, like, what movie did you think you were coming to see? Like, he's an alcoholic. Like, I don't, you know. Yeah. Especially by the end when he, you know, the scene where he drinks all the the little uh, little bottles in the mini bar. Like, <laughs> by then you should know that, like, what you're in for. Like, come on. Yeah, you should be des- desensitized a little bit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You shouldn't be surprised when he drinks the entire mini bar. Okay, <laughs> like, come on. All right, well, now that we've had our fun and joked, uh, what do you say we we get a little serious, uh, we sober up, and uh, we watch the trailer for 12 Years a Slave, and then get into our review. Okay. I want to ask you what part of the country you come from. I originate from Canada. I guess where that is. I know where Canada is. I've been there myself. Well, travel for a slave. Solomon Northup is an expert player on the violin. I was born a free man, lived with my family in New York. Be good for your mother. Until the day I was deceived. To Solomon. Kidnapped, sold into slavery. Well, boy, how you feel now? My name is Solomon Northup. I'm a free man. And you have no right whatsoever to detain me. You're no free man. You're nothing but a Georgia runaway. Went down to the river Jordan. And that servant that don't obey his lord shall be beaten with many stripes. That's scripture. The condition of your laborers, it's all wrong. They're my property. You say that with pride. I say it as fact. Drink! Man does how he pleases with his property. <laughs> you come here. I say come here! Days ago, I was with my family in my home. Now you tell me all is lost. If you want to survive, do and say as little as possible. My soul arising. Well, I don't want to survive. For the year when I want to live. I don't 
you knowed something. I did as instructed. There's something wrong. It's wrong with the instruction. Master brought you here to work. Anymore, I'll learn you a hundred lashes. I know what it's like to be the object of Master's lash. No! In his own time, good Lord will manage them all. I will survive! I will not fall into despair! I will keep myself hardy till freedom is opportune! All right, so that was the trailer for 12 Years a Slave. Uh, this is a film that uh, has been out in uh, limited release for a while, and uh, now it is out. For most people, you should be able to go see this. It is a story of a, a free man who was kidnapped and sold into slavery, and as the title of the film suggests, uh, is in that slavery for 12 years. And it's sort of the story of um, the process of him finding himself in this situation, and the things he is, uh, the you know things that befall him while uh, in that situation. So, Carson, you actually saw this a few weeks back, but why don't you tell us what you thought of this film? Uh, yeah, I, I went and saw it again too uh, for reasons I'll state. But uh, yeah, like uh, it's a it's a very exceptional film. Like I, I think that uh, you know there have been movies about slavery in the past but this one i think gets uh i mean it, it definitely presents it in a way that's uh you know unflinching and and uh it, it's not sugarcoating anything and that's a positive really because it's like you know you, you hate seeing movies like that d- deal with you know difficult subject matter and it's like completely just so lame and it's like I, I just cringe every time I see that trailer for the book thief because I'm just like this is not this is just dumb like <laughs> this is not the Holocaust like you gotta be kidding me this is terrible that's like the lifetime version you know of that subject and it's just so bad like uh you know and I remember you know I remember seeing like the old uh, movies about Jesus and like he's up there on the cross and it's like so just like wow. That's just very, very, uh, there's no blood at all. Um, and then, you know, you see a movie like Passion of the Christ and say what you will about that film, but like, hey, at least it gives it to you. Like, this is how it was. And like, um, you know, I like, it's not a movie that, you know, you want to go back and immediately rewatch, but, uh, you know. I, I, <laughs> but three weeks later, you'll rewatch it. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I appreciate <laughs> the fact that like, I mean, th- these are well-made films. Like, they... They, uh, you know, they're movies that those kind of stories should be told in like that kind of way. And I think someone like Steve McQueen, who I think is like a guy who just, I mean, when he made his first movie, it was just like, okay, this dude is clearly a badass because not only is his name Steve McQueen, like you have to be pretty uh, confident to, uh, you know, have your name be the same name of a famous movie star. But uh, (laughs) I mean, you, you. it's just like the fact that like you know he he just did the you know these two movies hunger and then shame and really uh you know brought like an interesting point of view to like you know certain subject matter and uh so i was interested to see like you know how you take this on it's definitely you know definitely the right approach i think that uh a movie like uh this is like the complete antithesis of a movie like The Butler, which I kind of spoke about briefly in one episode. Yeah. And I, I complained about, you know, my problem with that movie was that it is based on a true story like this film. And uh, it feels completely fake and manipulative. And uh, it features like a very star studded cast, and everyone just stands out like they don't blend in. And um, this movie, I feel like, is kind of the same way, where it's like, yeah, it's definitely manipulating you, and uh, it it still has that kind of commercial feel, but it's definitely done in a way that's a lot more... Uh, it's executed in a lot better way, and it has 
a pretty stacked cast and none of them really stick out in terms of like oh hey look that's so and so like i feel like they they sort of blend in um pretty nicely there's like a nice uh balance between like recognizable face and like unrecognizable face yeah um and i mean plus the acting in this film is just really really extraordinary like it's a lot better than uh than the acting in the butler i think and and i mean you just there's like so many good performances in this movie uh i mean obviously uh chiwetel chewy because we're on such good good friend basis (laughs) here but but chewy is pretty awesome as, as solomon i mean like i i've always liked that guy like i think he's like so awesome and like to see him have a lead in like a good movie uh like this is is pretty cool uh, and then you know you get people like michael fassbender who makes leonardo dicaprio in django and chain just look like a nice person to hang out with <laughs> so <laughs> and uh I, I mean him and him and paul dano are uh are going for creeper of the year award yeah uh you know just evil award in uh in this movie and uh i mean they the only uh the only really like kind of minor thing that and that's you know one of the reasons why i went and saw it again uh because or i wanted to see it again was because when i first saw it i i kind of like i had this like empty feeling after the movie and um and, and it was just really like a personal thing. Like I, I personally was expecting there to be like something more like, I don't know, like a little more indie existential, like kind of how like his other movies are. I wasn't expecting it to be like, like almost like a pretty commercial. Like, I mean, it's definitely not a movie that's like mainstream, but yeah. there's a mix. I feel like it's kind of like how Argo is where it's like the right balance of commercial and adult uh, movie. Like I, I, I think that, you know, I think it's completely fine the way it is. It totally pulls it off. But I just was went in expecting like a different approach. And um, so when the second time I watched it, knowing that's how it is, you know, I was able to to enjoy it more. But that was just like a weird personal thing where I just thought that, you know, because there is like if there is like a sort of feeling that it is still a movie you know and people are acting in it like it it feels very real but um i don't know it's not something that's like as realistic i guess as like schindler's list or something yeah um but uh i don't know that was just a minor like personal thing that 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 might i mean i i have my own things that w- might might play into this a little bit but i that could just be because the way the passage of time isn't really dealt with at all i mean obviously it's called 12 years a slave and but but despite uh, besides a few seasons changing um uh, we don't really get a sense until the end of the film how much time has actually passed uh so it could just be that like because it wasn't progressing in that same narrative that would normally cover like in a biopic where you're watching somebody's life over the course of many years like it's there's like a more traditional structure so like without that it like i I don't know i'm well i mean i actually like that sort of approach where they didn't give you like oh this is year three or whatever uh yeah and they kept throwing up like you know the years. <laughs> like, I had, like the first was like one year slave two years a slave, yeah, like, three I years mean, a slave i'm glad that they didn't do that because it, in a ways that's distracting sometimes because if the movie's not playing you're just like Oh man, we're only on year five. Like, come on. Um, but uh, yeah, because like I, I feel like that that I feel like was a, a big positive to the movie. And like there, because there's a lot of stuff in this movie that doesn't feel like completely mainstream. That's why I think it's like a good mix. But like, yeah, that was the one thing that I thought was uh, a really good choice. Because like the changes all have are all very subtle. I think, and you know, like yeah, you see the changes like on his face, like with the makeup and like his hair is turning gray and you know certain characters come and go and uh you know like you see it in the 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 you know the landscape or whatever like i i I like that i like that there wasn't you know years that were being put up like title cards and stuff yeah yeah because you do get that in a normal 
sort of true story movie. I mean, they did that in The Butler, too. And because uh, it was, you know, they were going through all the years, the presidential years and stuff. And in a way, that can be distracting. And I, I think that, like, just showing it the way that it is. I mean, it does kind of get that feeling of, like, oh, this all happened, like, rather quickly. But, like, when you go back and and see, like, like there's a lot of stuff in there that was like, oh, yeah, like, that's that's pretty cool, like, how he did it. Yeah. But, yeah, like, uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. This movie is, like, a, a very, very well-made film. Like, I think that it's... Uh, I think it would make uh, a hell of a double feature with Django Unchained because you can watch... <laughs> You, you watch this movie first and get really down, and then you can watch Django second and get really up. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. The, 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 uh, the resolution of 12 Years a Slave is not as satisfying <laughs> as the resolution to Django No, but there, there is that. We were like, talking about it. Uh, we were laughing about it before recording but there's that scene where he beats the shit out of paul dano yeah and you're just like that is like as gratifying as everything in django unchained like just like that one moment because you're just like oh man like i don't even know like how the 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 feelings and everything it's just it it's a really like well-played scene like there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of scenes like that where uh you you get like the feeling of just like it's bad like i mean not not through just like oh like terrible things are happening to these people like yeah uh i I mean it really comes through like in the acting and stuff but uh yeah like that that moment was just like that was a very gratifying moment just to see him get the crap beaten out of him for a little bit yeah 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 but yeah there's a i mean there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of really great stuff in this movie. Um, yeah, and great, I great I as in great as in it's uh, stuff is communicated in a very efficient manner. Oh I don't, yeah, like it's not not, sub- not great in the context of what's happening. No, obviously. the the subject matter is not great, um, but the way that it's yeah presented is very very well made. Yeah. Well, for, for, for me, like, I, I uh, obviously have been hearing amazing things about this film for a long time. Like, the, it was it was on my radar, not because I've seen a million trailers for it. I mean, in fact, I've never even seen the trailer for this film. This is, like, one of the, the first times I've walked into a theater knowing... I mean, obviously, the film is called 12 Years a Slave, so I know that I'm going to be watching a film about somebody who uh, is made a slave... And exists as a slave for 12 years. But besides that, like, I knew nothing about this film going in uh, other than everybody seems to love it immensely. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I can definitely, uh, I can see why it's getting as much praise as it is. I mean, ob- obviously, for all the reasons you said, it's it's fantastically acted. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's everything about it is, is uh, it's a film that is made well. Uh, it's obviously extremely intense. This is not a fun film to watch, even if the woman sitting next to me wasn't being obnoxious as hell. Uh, it, it's just, it's not a, you, you don't derive pleasure. It's a film that's made to make you uncomfortable. And, you know, I, I don't think that's uh, necessarily a bad thing. I mean, obviously, you, you could make the argument that it, it excessively shows off the uh, conditions of what it was like to be a slave during this time and, and, and how uh, people who have no regard for human life uh, can treat somebody who they view as just property. And, you know, it's really hard to watch. It, it is intense. Uh, the stuff that uh, the main character of Solomon goes through um, is just like really really horrible things and it it, it it's it's a, one of those films that just sort of makes you sick experiencing what's happening uh but there there's some weird things going on with the narrative that like that i keep chewing over and just kind of uh like something rubs me the wrong way about this story and part of it is just the lens for which i'm viewing the film in and part of it is just like me Part of it is like assumptions on my end of what I think the film is trying to say. Part of it is just my experience watching the film and stuff. And, and uh, like basically, this 
this uh, this film flips the slave narrative on its head in that our our character starts off the film as a free man, not just a free man, but like a very wealthy, affluent man who uh, it, like is having a great old time living a super awesome life. And he is plucked out of that life and thrown into slavery like this isn't just like somebody who starts the film off as a slave and we're experiencing how they're treated by everybody else like he yeah he he is theoretically in the position to own slaves himself like at the beginning of this film he doesn't uh but like it, i don't know like i i feel like one of the themes sort of of this film you know based on the the character himself like solomon one of the things he keeps repeating so it's not just me reading the film this way it's like what the film is trying to say is that like solomon doesn't deserve to be in this situation um he is quote unquote better than it and he shouldn't be there uh if he can just you know send a letter and and find somebody who knows who he is and and what he like the life he deserves to remain in he can get out of this trouble and something about that kind of rubs me the wrong way because nobody deserves to be a slave. So no. like the, the fact that like it, there's like there are a couple times in the film where, you know, multiple people together and they're like, how are we going to get out of this? And then somebody comes along and is like, oh, yeah, that guy over there, he belongs to me. So I'm getting him out of here. And he's like, well, see you guys. I'm out. And there's no like real dealing with the fact of like, like nobody believes they should be there. Some people just don't want to be there. And some people literally have some other uh, either other ownership or a, a, another reason to be somewhere else instead. And it's like, I don't know, it's obviously it's deplorable conditions for anybody to be in. And it's really just uh, it's it, for a human being to be subjected to what the slaves are subjected to in this film is is undeniably terrible. But like there's this weird sense of the film trying to say that like, oh, well, that's OK for some people. But like our hero doesn't deserve to have this happen to it. Like, I feel like I'm supposed to feel more sorry for him because he was free at the beginning of the film and now he's not but like that shouldn't make it any worse it should be exactly the same like does that make sense uh yeah i mean i could i can see that uh and and, and i know that it, it it's based on a real story you know the, the, this guy actually went through this and wrote the book 12 years a slave and that's being adapted into this movie but so i know that the events are true but like because there isn't a whole lot that technically happens in the story from an overall narrative, like it's mostly like guy becomes slave, he survives being a slave until he's finally freed, and these are just like some of the horrible things that he experienced while he was there. There's not really a a a true arc that's happening. It's more like a he has to wait for twelve years before this is over. Um, there's not like a things set in motion trying to escape from prison kind of thing there's not like a like the world isn't changing it's just this character surviving long enough to be freed so it makes me wonder like why like what of this story justifies its existence other than documenting the tragedies that that befell him um i don't know i i don't I, I, this is really hard for me to like put to words what's rubbing me weird about this this story but is that, does any of that make sense? Well, I mean, I didn't get that sense from watching the movie, but I mean, I guess it is, I mean, it's a unique story in the sense that, yeah, it's like a reverse kind of thing. Like this guy was free and then he became a slave. But uh, do, do, you, do you agree? Do you agree, though, that it feels like we're supposed to feel more sorry for him because he was free previous to it? No, like I, I don't think that that's what the point of the movie is or that's what they're trying to make like i didn't get that sense because i mean like he's literally saying that like he's not like how can you do this to us he's like i'm not supposed to be here i'm like legit i got papers we're good like i mean like i I mean wouldn't you do the same thing i mean if you knew you were a free man like you would would tell people or try to, to to convince people that like yeah like it's like i am a free person like i yeah, I, I definitely shouldn't be here. I, I don't think that, you know, he's thinking that, you know, that he's special, like, that, you know, or something. I, I think he believes yeah, I, you know, I don't know. That, that nobody should be in that kind of situation, but especially him because he is a free man. I, I don't know. Like, I guess that... Uh, 
you know, it is it is wrong that like he was free and then got kidnapped and like what that's just I don't know. It's hard to hard to explain, but uh, I don't think the movie was trying to make the point that like he was better than everybody else and like so that's why it's bad or whatever. Yeah, I I, I don't I don't know. Like I don't think it was necessarily full on saying that, but just there's this weird kind of tone I got from it that was kind of like. I mean, in like the scene where he's on the boat and then they they get off the boat and the one guy who was kind of like his buddy or, you know, uh, over the course of their trip, uh, you know, his master shows up and immediately he's just like, oh, I'm out of here. Like, yeah. And, you know, doesn't give a crap about about Solomon or any of the other uh, slaves on the boat. Like, he's just like, you know, this is my guy. I, I guess it was just like the. I, I yeah I I feel like that that was almost just like you know anything he could do to survive to get back to his family really like yeah uh, I feel like at the end I mean not really a spoiler because we know that he you know after twelve years he was free again but uh, I mean I feel like there's you know there's a character at the end that I feel like he would want to have taken with him but uh, he couldn't yeah yeah for sure yeah i I, yeah i mean i guess that's just like you know it's like the tricky like the rules of that time was just like you know i i I don't know i i still i don't think the movie was trying to go for that though yeah like i it wasn't like it was i I felt like it was trying to beat that message in anybody's head or anything I, i just i felt a little bit of like it was a little bit pandering to like like well i'm gonna make it extra tragic because everything was fine and dandy for this like super smart like like well-educated guy and now he has to pretend like he's not super smart or well-educated like i don't know i i felt like some of the things that like some of some of the lines of dialogue were like oh no you gotta pretend like you're not very smart because like you know you wouldn't want people to think you're smarty pants or anything like that i I don't know i I I mean i just i just saw that as like a means to survive like it's just like another way to to get by really yeah uh but i mean obviously we like in the like little uh coda at the end they you know it's obviously he was very involved in trying to you know rescue slaves and 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 like he was very involved in the the movement to to free them i mean it was I feel like that maybe uh, he was, you know, before that he was trying to just get by, you know, and kind of stay under the radar. And uh, I don't know. I mean, maybe, the, you know, the, who knows? Like, I don't know. I don't know, like, how, you know, you I would have lived in that way back then. Like, I, I don't know. Like, it's just that Yeah, yeah. I have no perspective, but... And, and another thing too, real fast, and this this is not this is not necessarily a complaint about the film. This is more a complaint about, uh, you know, like I said that I knew very little about this film, but I, I just like I remembered that I they they have been playing a little like regal first look type thing. Like during like, during like the the regal first look, they have a little segment where like they're interviewing um, Michael Fassbender about like his role um, of of like you know. Just, just, just the character he was playing. It was Epps, right? Or is it Yeps or Epps or what? what what's the guy's oh, name? Oh yeah, Epps. Epps. So, in the in this little regal first look thing, he refers to the fact that like, oh, people, you know, around these areas still like, like everybody knew of Epps. Like they refer to like, oh, you're going Epps right now or something. Like I forget exactly how he said it, but basically that guy's name has become a verb to yeah, like, like attribute yeah. to like. But like this film, like I don't. The film obviously portrays Epps and his wife as horrible human beings, but it wasn't, it didn't make sense to me why, like, a community of people would remember him specifically. I mean, yeah, no, I heard him say the same thing on the, on the Daily Show. He said that it's like a a part of the vernacular now down there. Uh, But maybe I guess just in that area, it's because he was like, the guy with the biggest plantation or whatever and yeah that, that's like i i just didn't i i wasn't I mean, quite sure from the context of the film like how he became such a publicly known guy as opposed to just 
an asshole of a human being who i mean i feel like any uh, you know plantation owner was probably just as bad but yeah, uh, yeah. he maybe just because he was like the wealthiest or you know yeah or maybe the, it's because the most sadistic i don't know it, yeah I, I guess it could be because of this story after it came out after um solomon was freed and like helped free right. other people like maybe it became through his telling the story and through the attempted prosecution of these people um right because i'm sure there were plenty other uh people who were just as bad as he was yeah but yeah probably that you know after his book was published his name was obviously more well known or his, yeah, yeah. you know what he did his actions were more well known so yeah but yeah the uh i mean it, it is it is crazy that like you know it's the characters in this movie were all real people like i mean even down to like brad pitt's character as like the canadian uh yeah guy a carpenter named bass like i mean just all that was like the same i just it is pretty amazing that you know because a lot of times in these movies you see like oh well like this is totally a kind of movie that if it wasn't you know based on a book that was a a true story you know like if it wasn't someone's you know uh autobiographical telling i guess of the of these events uh it's almost events that you'd see in a movie and go like, well, that's completely fabricated. Like, yeah, like it just doesn't feel like it could happen this way. <laughs> right, but I, I mean, apparently it did for the most part. Like, I mean, like you, you would think like, oh, well, Brad Pitt is, his character is clearly there to be the savior. Like, it's yeah. like, but no, he was like, so it's but kind it, of- but, it, it, but it's not just that like, oh, white man turned out to be the hero again. It's, mo- it, it's more of a like, like random chance acts- yeah, it's just a random uh, encounter, yeah. really. Well, the other thing, too, that like I kept thinking of, and this is, once again, this is just me extrapolating stuff out of the story, but, like, uh, like it, it, if, if this sort of thing was still happening nowadays, there's a lot easier way to show proof of identification. Like, it, I, I, it, it boggles my mind to think of the fact that, like, just papers designate you being as a free man, but, like, how do you verify these papers and like how like it just seems like such a like even if somebody showed up to a plantation was like hey look i have these papers this guy's a free man like who is there to enforce that and like who can like obviously you know they brought a person who has some sort of authority yeah but i mean in general like how do you verify that kind of like it, it just seems like such a scary time to where even if you have everything right if you haven't been kidnapped if you have papers somebody standing right there is a witness who can verify that you're free like you still have no real claim to that other than the say so of a piece of paper which the person who is threatening you can choose themselves to deny or not like well it's obviously your papers are somehow designated by the government so therefore yeah, yeah but, I, but i just mean like if, if, I, if it, yeah if like epps would have shot the sheriff and the guy who had a claim to solomon like and then just like buried the body somewhere in the plantation like who would have known <laughs> you know what i mean like it's just I, like i a, mean i yeah I, it is it is like that i mean it was those were the times where it was just like I, I don't know like i'm sure stuff like that did happen and i but i mean i feel like you know you know he didn't want to dr schultz to come after him or something like yeah i'm just saying that it was like a really like in addition to the heinous acts that were like happening it it was just a crazy time from a standpoint of like the lawlessness in general even when the law was on your side like you wouldn't necessarily have a claim to to it i mean that's the messed up part is that like you know he gets kidnapped and he's just like i'm a free man but it's like you know he can't pull out his iphone and be like here it is yeah I mean, or, you know, his his ID and his wallet or whatever, like, that's just, I yeah, it's, like, not, I feel like that, you know, the, you get you get one thing, and if you lose it, then you're screwed, like. Yeah, I, I do think it's funny, though, like, the film in general, like, through Brad Pitt's character, is able to completely throw out any pro-slavery arguments with one line of dialogue, <laughs> like. Like just, just, just when he's like, suppose tomorrow they passed a law that said people could own you. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, what can you say to that? Nothing. Nothing. Go to sleep, Mr. Fastbender. Yeah, your move, Fastbender. <laughs> I, I just think it's funny that, like, like you're spending this, this whole film, like, showing these terrible things. Yet, like, anybody who's like, well, no, I mean, that's just the way it was, and you're allowed to. And then you're just like, yeah, well, would it be okay if somebody had the law on their side saying they could own you? And you're like, well, no. Of course, no. You couldn't suppose a thing like that. Yeah, I mean, it is crazy to, like, think that, you know, everyone in, in that time was basically just like, oh, well, this is this is right, and, you know, blah, yeah. blah, blah. But it is it is kind of, I mean, that's that's kind of, like, the way that, you know, it's, like, from, from a movie standpoint, like, it's kind of nice that at the end, because that's when Brad Pitt's character shows up is toward the end, is that, like, he's finally, like, the character who's just, like, you know ask he's questioning everything it's yeah. not just like oh like fi- there's someone who's at least can see you know the other side i yeah. guess i mean and, I, and it's 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 weird too the 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 like attempted like the characters who think they're super grand the, the issue like even like benedict cumberbatch's character where it's like he thinks he's trying yeah. to do right with people but he's still buying and trading slaves like it's yeah he, he's still just as bad i mean he's not like torturing them yeah, like he's not he's not technically doing anything wrong to them, but he's still dealing in them. Like he yeah. is buying I mean, and trading them, and it's yeah, he's he's doing the trade and everything, and and uh, you know he obviously they're still working for him, but yeah, it's not like where with Epps where they were you know getting beaten and just worked to death and raped and all these things. Like it's it's he's not doing that but it's just like yeah dude you're still bad because like you're still operating the system like you're still working in it yeah um but yeah he's he was kind of like it was interesting because like his character was kind of the like oblivious nice person he's like i think i'm i think i'm nice but i really am not yeah not so much I mean, he he definitely knew bad things were happening. Like when he's first talking to him, he's like, "Look, boy, I got I, I got to trade you because you're making yeah. this hard on me, and uh, I'm in a lot of debt. So sorry, this is yeah. not going to be good for you." Yeah, I mean, he definitely knew, but it it wasn't. Uh... Yeah. Well, back back to the the filmmaking just itself. There's one thing too that uh, I you can I mean. You can explain to me what the significance of this was, but, like, every single scene felt like, you know, like, you start your camera, and then a few seconds later you say, action, and then usually you edit out the stuff before you said action. Like, it feels like every new location starts with people standing there waiting for somebody to action, and they didn't cut that out. I think that was just a... Uh, a, a like a director's choice because there there are definitely i know what you're talking about but it's not like every scene they're just like it it was every it was it was like instead of showing an establishing shot and then jumping to the action it showed like a bunch of people just standing in front of the camera doing nothing for a good 15 seconds and then somebody would start talking i mean that i mean that's i don't know like that didn't really bother me like that just seems like you know, I just, just I, I just couldn't figure out why. Like, <laughs> but the I mean I don't know like they're they're focused. The only one I can think of off the top of my head is the you know it it, it cuts into like it's all when they're singing at that like little at the funeral and it starts off on the old lady and it's like on her for like a couple seconds before she starts singing. But they they did it there. They did it when Paul Dano was first explaining to everybody how you cut whatever that stuff was, and then the next time that there was some like basically every time they the slaves were traded to a new person, they did it, and the same thing with the funeral. And there's also there was just like a bunch of like when they would cut to a new location, it would do this similar thing that just felt I don't know. Every time I was kind of like, okay, somebody start action, go, it's time, let's go now. I mean, it was definitely a choice. I don't think it was a distracting choice because uh, it that's just how it was. Like, I feel like that they that he was capturing sort of, you know, certain aspects of like the daily life that they had or whatever. And yeah, and uh, it wasn't like 
I mean, it would it wasn't like you know, the scene ended and then there was like five seconds of dead air or whatever. Like that would have been bad. But like, I I don't think like just what well, if just if cutting that, in on like you know somebody doing work and then like it's what you know. But, but it was 10 it was never before they talk. I don't know. It was never work. It was them just like standing there. It, it was it was the reverse. It was like the exact reverse opposite of like in a comedy film where like somebody's giving this rousing speech and they just cut to the team like sitting there like picking their noses or not doing anything it was like the reverse of that where it was like start with them doing nothing and then cut to a person who is inciting the action i don't know because i did not pick up on this at all you you gotta you gotta watch it a third time i think that third (laughs) time you watch it you'll you'll be like damn it the bastard ruined this movie for me i i doubt that i'll no, buy the uh, blu-ray that, and watch that, it just for that and be that, like that let, 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 let me be clear i'm just asking you a question just for funsies like that that didn't like take away from the movie as a whole for me it's just one of those things that, like i couldn't figure out what the narrative choice was behind or the directorial choice was behind doing that um so i was just curious if like, be- you had any insight to that it's because steve mcqueen wears a kilt and he's a pimp that's why you <laughs> don't right. you don't question the man who wears a kilt i d- do not <laughs> <laughs> anyways uh do you have any other uh things to say about this film uh no not really all right well uh i think then we should probably just uh get into our verdict for this film uh carson if you were going to give this a must see a recommend with a caveat a wait for rental a pass with a caveat or a must avoid what would you give it uh, well, I would definitely give it a must-see. Like, I think that it's a, a movie that uh, should be seen. Uh, obviously, it's, you know, it's not something that's uh, that's fun, but it's definitely a movie that, uh, you know, like any good uh, movie take on history, like, it's, it's something that, uh, you know, it could be tough to sit through, but it's something that you should sit through. Uh, it's a, it's a rewarding movie, uh, you know, cinematically, and I think that I I think that you know you should see it just just for the basis of all the all the you know performances and and the the fact that it's you know very well made like that's just a reason enough alone and uh, yeah. Cool. I'm uh, I'm not gonna even a must see, but I will give it a recommend. The caveat, the caveat just being that it's not fun at all to watch this movie. Uh, it's a very rough experience, and uh, you know it borders on the uh, like, you know, like a lot of people had complaints about the Passion of the Christ, as you you know you brought that film up earlier. Like just the the level to which the torture was depicted in that was like, okay, we get it, we can cut to the next scene now. It, I'm yeah, I'm not feeling any different. I'm just feeling worse, and this is becoming uncomfortable. That's sort of how every scene is in this film. <laughs> um, so I mean. Obviously, it's not for the woman sitting next to me or the faint at heart. Uh, you should know if you go see this that you are in for a a pretty intense uh, ride and not in that exciting, intense ride way. Like, uh, yeah, th- this this makes this film sort of makes the uh, Hugh Jackman's role in Prisoners look like a petting fight. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah. That's what I'll say. So it, it, it's a recommend. It's a it's a well made film, and people, you know, should see it if you can handle it. But uh, it's it's a rough time to watch it. So, and uh, yeah, so that's gonna be our review of Twelve Years a Slave, Carson. If people want to find you throughout the week, where can they do that? Uh, you can go to practicalcandy.wordpress.com. People can find me over at ChristopherInRealLife.com or Twitter.com slash ChristopherIRL. You can find the podcast over at TheSpoilerWarning.com where you can get all of the back episodes of the show. You can follow us on Twitter at Twitter.com slash SpoilerWarning to figure out when the episodes go live or like us at Facebook.com slash TheSpoilerWarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at TheSpoilerWarning.com or call leave us a voicemail at 760-575-4TSW. That's 760-575-4879. Music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to Inception. Oh, I mean, uh, Captain Phillips. Oh, damn it. I mean, uh, 12 Years a Slave. Oh, no. So. Hey, well, Hans Zimmer did do the music for this movie, so. That's right. There's actually a, a video clip on YouTube. You can search for Captain Phillips, Inception, 12 Years a Slave, and they just play the the three main themes 
um, the, 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 the theme of each that is the same um, is pretty interesting. Uh, mm. But it was it was kind of weird to have that like keep coming back throughout the entire film. Uh, but whatever. Whatever. I give the Hans a pass. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, they, they did use like, I think some of the Inception score in the trailer. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Well, I'm probably going to use that song right now while we're closing it out, so people will be able to tell for themselves uh, which one is playing where. <laughs> or the Thin Red Line music, which whichever. They used all the old Hans stuff in the trailer. Yeah. All right, well, uh, next week, you know, another group of people that are captured and forced to participate <laughs> in this yes. acts. Of course, teenagers <laughs> fighting uh, to the death. Yes. The Hunger Games catching fire. See, but fire. That, that's a family entertaining movie, you know. It's the kind of movie that you sit down with a nice cup of hot chocolate. Yeah. You know. The, the, it's, it's, a, it's a good kind of, uh, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> the Disney Channel version of uh, Civil War. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's just another film about the rich enslaving the poor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyways, we will be back next week for our review of Hunger Games Catching Fire, so catch you guys then. Um, thanks for joining me, Carson. Uh, yes, thank you for having me. And uh, everyone else, we will catch you next time. See you later.